I said to record, and then you stopped recording. Oh, you stopped recording. Here I go. Talking about the end of the world again. What's up, kids? How are you doing today? So, I'm back on Android app. You know, I've discussed it before. I think I've discussed it before in, in podcasts, in videos. Um, it's no secret. I have I have a love of dystopian fiction, and androids and robotics are a big part of what I see being the demise of humanity. Not in any way which we can stop. By the way, I'm not, not saying don't use computers. I'm, not saying, I'm just saying that's just the natural progression of things. That's that's how things will go um i've i love anything involving um kind of not like cyborgs not star trek style cyborgs more like blade runner-esque androids um things which depict a future which is is dealing with the the essential fallout from a technological advancement and the creation of ai and all these kinds of things love the matrix um anything which down that kind of vein just to use two consistently referenced examples um and as such i played recently what did i played recently i played detroit becoming human which is a fantastic game it's uh, it's very much along the lines of a storytelling game uh, with multiple branches so you can make some decisions and you essentially you play as androids you don't play as any humans throughout the entire game um, and it deals with the, the, all those kinds of issues. Essentially, they live in a society where androids have gotten, you know, so common and so everywhere that they're just household uh, workers. Essentially, they, they live in your household. You buy them as complete units, and they look human. They look completely human. And if you haven't seen Blade Runner, Blade Runner, much along the same aspects, they use androids as workers, um, and they look completely human. You can't distinctly tell them, and so they have to run tests. They have the Blade Runner. Goes and, and runs tests on androids in order to find replicants, as, as, they, as they're called. And I love all of that. I love that kind of sci-fi world. Because um, I'm not a huge fan of sci-fi per se as a genre. I'm not someone who's looking for space battles. I find Star Wars incredibly boring. I find Star Trek kind of boring. I like sci-fi when it's only just like a minor tweak to our actual reality when they take something like our world and they say hey this is our world but this is our world but now the giant crabs and they go oh okay um, you know this is how society would react if there was giant crabs the same with horror i'm not a huge fan of anything with massive like creatures or anything like that i like a little little twinge a little adjustment to society to see how we would deal with certain situations and personal interactions would develop throughout those times it's not a huge fan of zombie flicks because of that because it's not huge, it's not, it's too much of an impact. I need, I need smaller measurements. I need subtlety within the storytelling. That said, Godzilla's a great film. Doesn't matter. Um, back to my point. So my, yeah, I kind of I get involved in this, and I love dystopian fiction. That's another thing which is high up on the list. High up on the list of things which I enjoy is anything which deals with society's aftermath of its demise. So my general view is that our technology will destroy us because at some point, being human, we will lack the hubris to not invent AI which could destroy us. Likely already exists. Um, and will become irrelevant. That's just... Yeah. We're organic. 
once machines figure out how to pr produce themselves and they have an end directive yeah we're no longer needed Terminator that's basically that story apart from all the time travel that's where it gets a little weird um, that, that's basically the end point but there's a huge um, there's a theory which I want to discuss and kind of want to go into because it, it, it casts an interesting twist on that endpoint theory, which I have. Um, which I find hilarious as it is disturbing. So bear with me on this. So, recently I was watching a video about uh, an expo where they were showing off their new robots. They were showing off new things. I have a robot in my house. I have the robot vacuum cleaner. He's called Vikram. He's a vector who collects crumbs. Um, he's a vacuum collects crumbs. Um, so we kind of go to this line and you watch these videos and there's all these facially motivated robots. You know, the, the we've seen animatronics before. You go to a theme park, you go to a, a restaurant in the US. Um, I'm guessing Chuck E. Cheese. Is that, I've never been to a Chuck E. Cheese, I wouldn't know. And they have animatronics. I've seen animatronics in, in shows. I've seen it in films. I love puppetry films. You know, the, those are things which all exist within our society already. And then you go to these expos and you see these videos and people are freaking out because these things look so human and they can react and they have facial expressions. Why would you want to worry about that facial, real facial expressions? And it's creepy. That's, that's what it is. But they, they overlay the creepy by showing you the internal workings. Like when you skin a Furby. You know, it becomes less creepy that it's talking to you to in, in like a high-pitched voice in the middle of the night and you, you don't really know where it is in your bedroom. Um, and it's, you know, trying to eat you. But it becomes less creepy because you can see the workings. You look at it and go, ah, oh, this is just service. This is just motors and processes and things which I can kind of deal with, so I don't really need to think about too much about it. And it takes away that edge of creepiness. And all of this comes back to a concept called Uncanny Valley. Now, if you don't know... Uncanny Valley is a concept. It was identified back in like, the 1970s uh, by a robot, uh, I'm going to say scientist, he might have just been a professor, um, called Mashiro um, Mori, and it was written into a book. And essentially, the breakdown of it is that as robotics become more human-looking, there is a cutoff point, Okay. So everyone's making these robots which look more human, but there is a cutoff point where it becomes too human-looking that we can instantly tell, and we don't like it. It's that creepy factor. It's it's all the way up to that creepy factor. Like, do you want a robot who looks like a robot, or do you want a robot who looks identical and can mirror and behave exactly like a human, but without human reactions such as empathy that's where it gets creepy so i'm going to read you a little um hypothesis just to explain it in case i haven't explained it well so murray's original hypothesis states that as, a, as the appearance of a robot is made more human some observers emotional response to the robot becomes increasingly positive and empathetic until it reaches a point beyond which the response quickly becomes strongly revulsion so essentially what he's saying is that you 
like them. You know, you you like robots and you like them as they look human and you think, oh, hey, this is great. You know, I've got a new friend. And you'll, you'll, you'll gradually become more empathetic. You'll take care of them. You'll worry about them. You, you know, you'll develop human bonds because that's what humans do. We imprint on everything. Have you seen this? Like, humans will literally imprint on anything. We will add voices, personality, reactions, everything to anything. It could be a cardboard box, which is slightly broken. And we're like, oh, no, we got to save that cardboard box. You know, i got broken mugs in my house. i got a fucking duck on my bed called pickle it's a stuffed toy it's just fabric that's all it is but we've done it we've been pretty so with the same that happens with robots you you will grab gradually become more empathetic and likable to it until a certain point where it will instantly flip there's no quick change no oh, there is a quick change that's what I'm saying. Um, there's no subtle change there's no no you know what? I, don't, I don't know if i like xj9 anymore He's a little weird. Uh, a few years down the line, maybe maybe like him a little less. No, it's it's almost instantaneous. So, as a hu- robot's appearance comes to become continues to become less distinguished from human, the emotional response becomes positive once again and approaches human to human empathy levels. This area of repulsive response aroused by a robot with appearance and motion between barely human and fully human entity is the uncanny valley. So that valley is the level between where you can care about a machine and where you want to get it as far away from you as possible. And that's the crux of my theory. So, at the moment we're trying to produce these robots which look more and more machine-like to show the level of technology we have. To show what we're capable of. You know, we're humanity for Christ's sake. We can develop anything. We put fucking male birds in the sky. All those things. We will get to a point where we don't produce that. Because, I mean, you can see it kind of now when you go to a store and you see uh, a self-checkout machine and people react to the self-checkout machines as if they're human. You you, you show empathy, you, you're patient with them, or you're angry with them, you slap them around. There's There's a level of communication going on between you and said machine. And then when you add a face to something, it becomes a completely different deal. So... You can kind of see a little little edge of it there. And you can also see it when you use little apps and programs and they put faces into it. What do they do with those faces? They make them cartoons. That's what they do. Because they're trying to tread away from that uncanny. They don't want you to get frustrated and angry at a human being's face. No. So they make it a cartoon so then you can hate something inanimate. You can get upset with something inanimate. But at the same time you'll endear to it because we'll endear to anything. Which essentially means, my theory, is that once we've got to this point where we're no longer producing completely human-looking robots because it's weird and we don't like it anymore, and marketing companies and production companies start producing things which look less and less human because they're easier for us to deal with and they're easier for us to emotionally connect with, when the robots turn, we're going to get destroyed by cartoon animals. <laughs> we're going to be destroyed by Hello, Co- Hello, Hello Kitty. Right, it took me like three attempts to get that word out, but we're going to be destroyed by them. You know, Ronald McDonald, animatronic Ronald McDonald, which is way scarier than a human Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Imagine a robot which looks like a cartoon Ronald McDonald chasing you down the street because you do not agree with his prime directive, which is to sell you beef burgers. Imagine that. Just for a moment. You know, you're laying in bed. You've tweeted, oh, you know, 
Fuck McDonald's. I don't care about that beef burgers. And then animatronic Ronald McDonald just creeps up out the window. Looks inside. Smashes through, destroys you. Whistles the do-do-do-do-do. And it wanders away because he doesn't have any empathy for you at all. He's just responding to that thing which we put inside their heads. And AI has now taken over and is like a virus across the internet. Oh, not to the microphone, and again. And and just destroyed everything. That's what's going to happen. We can avoid it. And that's... There's something beautifully horrifying about that. You know, we slap googly eyes on anything. If we start slapping googly eyes on advanced robots... You know, you've seen the pictures from, you know, wars... People draw faces on tanks. We draw smiley faces on missiles because we're bored and we like expression in things and there's a level of sick humanity here, humanitarian humour within us which goes, oh, here's something really dark. Wouldn't it be great if it was, you know, cute? How many videos have you seen or gifts have you seen of buildings falling over with facial expressions? Do you not feel something? Of course you feel something. But when that thing's going to be hunting you down... Oh, what I'm saying is that films are getting it wrong. Is that every film where someone gets destroyed by a, a, a faceless machine is incorrect. Because the initial wave of killing will come from things which we do not suspect. And things which we made to enjoy. Things which we programmed and needed to love. You're going to be at a theme park. There'll be some giant octopus just like chilling out. It'll be called Jiffy or something. And it'll be for kids, and it'll probably, you know, pick them up and move them around a bit. And then all of a sudden, clench. Goodbye, kids. Hello, Empire of Jiffy. As giant mechanical octopus breaks out of SeaWorld and destroys all of San Diego. Oh, dear. I'm just saying it's going to be weird, right? I mean, this is what I like thinking about. I don't know what got me thinking about this. I think it was. I saw something which was like a, a motorized version of Hello Kitty, and I suddenly thought, "Oh crap! That falls into Uncanny Valley. That falls into all of these things." <laughs> I don't. We don't can't even explain this phenomenon either um, of Uncanny Valley. We can't. We don't know what really might happen. There's been loads of attempts to explain it, but there is a level of needing, and I think it's because we. It's kind of like when you meet someone who doesn't have a personality trait which you expect. There is a level in your head of something survival-based, which is, I do not trust this. I do not trust this person. Um, It actually comes into play with disabilities, of why people have such strong reactions to people with disabilities, because they don't behave in a way which has been pushed as the expected manner in society, rather than just including them within society. Um, People meet them and they go, well, you know, this guy's really blunt. He's overly blunt. You know, overly explaining things, doing things like that, and then it turns out that he's autistic. And that really makes people question where they fit in society and how these things have happened. So when you put that into a machine and you remove things which make humans human, um, like empathy, like, like comedy, humor, if you get a machine which can tell jokes, fantastic. But for a machine to be able to quip and have wit and use things to make structured new jokes but without empathy that's kind of dangerous this is the whole thing when they threw um they threw an ai on twitter i think it was something like 24 hours or 48 hours later they had to 
they had to turn it off because it, all it had done had dragged in everything which was sent to it. So it learned, it had been learning, and it, it, it grew from Twitter. Now, Twitter, obviously, is a huge, faceless, marketable social media platform, which means the balance between the good things on Twitter and the bad things on Twitter is completely imbalanced, especially because like, Twitter's not even a place where you go to say positive things. You go there to complain about things in general. That's that's just a standard thing which people do. It's an outlet. It's an outlet for frustration. So when you put AI into it, that frustration is all that AI gets. You know, for a hundred, I'm gonna love you posts or I like, you know, happy humanity, all this kind of stuff. There's a hundred thousand. I hate this. Why the hell is this a thing? What should this do? So if AI gets hold of that, suddenly Twitter bot, that little little blue bird, becomes a reality of something more predatory. But it'll still look cute while it does it. It'll still go out. It'll, it'll tweet. There's a a bit from Futurama. Futurama does a great job of uh, exploring things like this, where it takes a concept and then adds a little bit of comedy to it. And this is why, in a way, I find it so funny, uh, where the robots rebel. <clears throat> and it's not just the killing robots which rebel. It's all robots within Futurama rebel. And there's greeting cards with lasers. There's robot kit cats with rainbows shooting out of its eyes, destroying buildings. There's coffee machines attacking people. All of these things. We won't be destroyed by the war machines we've created. We will be destroyed by household appliances. Vikram will come in the night and try to vacuum me up. I mean, his, his cousin, so I got a new vacuum. So this is the second vacuum, because the first one broke. And the first one was called Victor. Um because he was vacuumed, and I didn't really know what he could do, and he ate a houseplant, completely, just ate it, I came home and there was soil everywhere, didn't even clean up after himself, sat in the remains, taunting me, not why I got rid of him, but taunting me, sat in the remains, as though he was proud of his kill, maybe it's a good thing I got rid of him, vikram has been doing okay though, Gets busy. He gets stuck every so often, but they do. But yeah, I'll be destroyed by Vikram. I'll not be killed by some weapon. No. Vikram will eat me in my sleep. I don't know. This is where my brain goes. This is what, why I'm not allowed friends. <laughs> but it's, it's a future. I don't, I, you know, I'm, I'm completely open to the idea that we can avoid this. But I don't feel like humanity is careful enough to avoid this. As a society, as a species, we're fairly sloppy. You know, look at our world. We're sloppy. We start things and then finish them late. We change our opinions halfway down the line of actual production. Um, We let things get destroyed and then go, ooh, actually, no, that was probably a bad idea. We don't listen to warning signs. We wait till the warning sign physically slaps us in the face. And the same will happen with bugs. Someone will get murdered by someone. And suddenly they'll put laws in place which prevent you from making that certain type of robot or AI. Ignoring the fact that it already exists and the internet exists, so it probably already broke out. As I'm saying, AI probably already exists. If you can hear this, just know that we're watching you. We know what's going on. I just know there's nothing we can do about it. Let me know what you guys think. It'd be interesting to find out. Androids are a huge subject of debate for me. Turing tests and machines and living side-by-side with them. It'd be great to live side-by-side with them. I just don't think we can. And I'll talk to you guys later. Please don't get killed by Hello Kitty.
Do 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 do.